Welcome back podcast listeners, here with episode 170 and I'm back in the chair with my good mate Vaughn and we're talking on his favourite subject today, Instagram and Kim Kardashian. (laughs) Jamie, very nice to be here again, it's good to have you back but uh, look, I think it's an interesting space at the moment, Um, not just Kim Kardashian and Instagram but uh, specifically uh, influencers Um, and you know, a, a financial advice um, that's given often unlicensed uh, online. Yeah, well, we, we know obviously the Kim Kardashian thing happened sort of a week or two ago, um, so we're a bit late to that party, but it was just interesting, some, you know, more articles come out today um, in the IFA, and they had, um, in the House of Representatives, um, they had the ASIC chair, Joe Longo, speaking around Flim influencers um and i like this statement they're often extravagant misleading and unlicensed yeah and you know this is something that uh obviously is not uh really that uh it's obviously something that you see a lot of on social media um and and specifically you know with the way that the um uh, you know the algorithm works if you select one thing with with respect to financial advice you're all of a sudden inundated with it and then it, it's you know it always keeps coming back in your feed and it's the same with Instagram Facebook um, those sorts of things but um, yeah I think we've we've seen a lot of influences that um, have been you know quite bad and, and there's definitely seemed to be um, a real surge in this uh, during the bull market of, of 2021 and, and through COVID as well. People were spending a lot more time kind of um, at home, on their phones, on technology. Markets were going up. Stimulus packages were, uh, you know, were being distributed and people had lots of cash to pump into markets and everyone was an expert. My, my favourite when you looked at things like that, because I remember actually speaking to Tony around this as well and, and we are looking at a few examples and my favourite was seeing, you know, YouTubers saying, oh, my fa- five favourite ASX stocks and putting rocket ships next to them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, people are obviously going to see that and yeah. really be drawn to it. But what's interesting is, you know, when it talks about the licensing and, and product, you know, do you want to just quickly touch on your journey? of what you actually had to do to get licensed yeah um, yeah we well it's a different yeah if, if you're providing financial advice to uh retail clients in in particular um and doing it in a in a above board legal way uh there's actually a bit of a process you've got to go through and that's specifically um you know it's changed a lot in the last four years but for me uh, myself obviously i entered the industry with a bachelor's degree but no uh, postgraduate qualification which is what you need to become an advisor so yeah, it's uh, the postgraduate course, uh, which is a course in financial planning. Um, I did it um, with Kaplan Sales purely online, and I did it while working. But um, yeah, it's essentially eight eight subjects to get the graduate diploma, and then there's another four to do the masters. Yeah. Uh, but they're 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 eight subjects, and you know the first the first six of them were uh, were cores, and then you choose um, choose the other ones at the end, the electives. So. You know, each one is kind of on one area of advice that you're going to provide. Um, so, you know, superannuation, insurance, estate planning, tax planning. Um, it's quite it's quite lengthy, and each one has you know similar to a bachelor's degree. Uh, it's got uh, you know examinations and assessments to do as well, um, and, and they were all uh, proctored as well. So, you know, even though it's online, you're, you're sitting on exams, and there's someone um, watching you at uh, every second of it. So. It's uh, it's a far cry from uh, you know these claims of misleading and unlicensed advice that you can see on social media. What's interesting is um, you know seeing uh, like some of the people that I've seen do it are actually from a finance background, 
yeah. um, but yeah. hold different licenses to the ones that are actually able to give advice. Um, I won't yeah. use certain examples, but what I found interesting is that they ran a survey here um, which uh, that was run by Superhero, which is a sort of, I guess, a product that a lot of younger people use. Um, but in that survey, um, of over 1,300 investors found that only 11% deem Finfluencers trustworthy. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a couple of reasons for that. I mean, you think about one of the benefits of, um, you know, these kind of social media uh, unlicensed uh, Finfluencers, it's, it's probably the accessibility of it. Um, but with, with easily accessible advice um, and free um, accessible advice also comes a lot of risk because, you know, anyone can just um, open up their social media app and go buy this, sell that, bang, uh, rocket ship emoji, <laughs> and, uh, you know, there it is, it's out there. Well, uh, you've got no protection uh, as an investor. You know, and and people, take, people take advice. I mean, clearly only 11% actually trust what they're well, uh, what they're being told. Well, that's that's of that part, but then I guess it, it, it has another statement here saying investors aged between 18 and 24 were the most likely to consider influencers trustworthy with one in five investors saying they trusted finance-related content creators. Yeah, yeah, and that, that makes perfect sense. Um, having recently exited that age bracket, you know, that's uh, when a lot of people, you know, you're, you've got a high risk tolerance um, yep. investing in that, in that age bracket and, you know, also you've got uh, quite a lot less to lose than some older experienced investors you know if, uh, if you're thinking of throwing a couple hundred bucks at something and, and you're being told it's going to the moon uh, <laughs> you know you don't think about a downside risk um, and that's that's quite common I think one um, party one stakeholder in this whole uh, saga that's kind of uh, benefited a lot has been the, the trading platforms as well. Yeah. How, how how many trading platforms do we see? Crypto.com is one of the major sponsors of the Formula One. I mean, like, that would cost a bit. <laughs> well, um, they bought they bought um, Staples Center in, yeah, in LA. Yeah. Like the famous Staples Center yeah. called a crypto stadium. Yeah. Um, coin spots on the back of the Bulldogs um, jersey. You know, so there's uh, there's been a massive increase in um, you know uh, funds that these trading platforms have have uh, have been had and. You know, when you go back to the trusting of advice, I think another reason which kind of leads us into this Kim K uh, scenario is that uh, one of the reasons that, you know, people might be sceptical of this is because of the conflicts of interest that exist. You know, there's uh, quite a lot of cases where um, unlicensed Finfluencers are going to be uh, pumping products uh, based on the kickback that they're getting, uh, which is what we saw with, with Kim K. Yeah, well, so the Monday morning press release from the SEC said Kardashian was paid Two thousand five hundred to promote Emac tokens, Emacs tokens. Two hundred fifty grand, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, sorry, what did I say? Two hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, you I, said twenty five hundred. Oh, you wouldn't even get out of bed for that. Yeah, two hundred fifty thousand yeah, yeah, yeah. US. So. Um, a crypto asset security sold by Ethereum Max. Um, you know, did she, she did she do all of her research and, and that was the one that she wanted to buy? No, she's paid yeah. for it. She put it out there. Three hundred thirty Instagram followers. Uh, Three hundred thirty million Instagram followers saw that. So you know, if eleven percent of them take that advice, then uh, that's a lot of people uh, buying a uh, crypto uh, security uh, based on the recommendation of you know a influencer. So. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of power that um, obviously large online followings have. And, you know, that's 
that's a pretty simple thing to get out to 330 million people. Uh, you know, that wouldn't have taken a lot of time or effort. Uh, that's that's the accessibility piece of it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's very interesting. I guess in that space, though, ASIC did take a major step in, I think, March this year, um, which they had an information sheet which outlined how the law applies to them um, and licensees, you know, who use them. But, you know, I don't think that that's been regularly accepted by a lot of these influencers. Um, I, I don't think that a lot of them actually know that the trouble they can get in and the fines that they can incur. Mm, no, they, they, they don't. And, you know, I think there's, uh, it's a sort of thing that obviously us working in the industry of licensed advice, you know, uh, operating a licensed um, advice and operating, you know, professional advice services where, you know, if things go wrong, we're obviously held to account for that. You know, yeah. we, we want every person giving advice to be licensed and to be held to account for what they're doing. Um, and I think that if you look at the 2022 as a calendar year, for example, you know, being a largely a bear market, um, not only in, um, in, you know, global and Australian equities, but also in crypto, um, you know, as opposed to, say, 12, 18 months ago, you know, it was a lot easier to be an expert in a bull market. Um, <laughs> has, your, has your, do you feel that your Instagram or your social media platforms or whatever you use, I don't see you on social media much, but do you think that that actually has died down? I reckon, yeah. I, I definitely feel from my end and whether that's my algorithms running, no, but yeah. I definitely feel you're correct in, in the bear market. Um, yeah, you know, because people don't want to know. It's like your own portfolio. You don't want to know about it when it's when it's on a red day. Yeah. Uh, but when it's a green day, it's refresh, refresh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's the same with crypto. I mean, there's a lot of people obviously that have lost money, um, you know, in terms of realized and unrealized, uh, you know, on equity markets but more so crypto as well yeah um, you know and some of these uh, funds that were being pumped by influencers last year have actually uh, vanished into thin air as well so you know I don't think you've got much of a case to go back to your Instagram page and say hey you told me to buy this uh, six months ago um, so yeah it's uh, it's very interesting but I think um, you know the, the more ASIC cracks down on it the better um, because you know the that retail investors should be protected and you know free advice is uh, is free for a reason um, in a lot of cases yeah what I found interesting as well um, was that there was that big push in COVID um, and people thought this is this is can turn into my side hustle mm, um, yeah. and, and what you actually seen as well was you're talking about platforms but those platforms actually started to to sponsor younger influencers around that as well so we talked yeah. about how that's worked but you know during that time I think people were susceptible to to making mistakes yeah um, so yeah. you know I think the crackdown's good I think there is people out there that give I think when they when we talk influencers if they're giving general advice around budgeting and you know tips and tricks and, and mm. things like that I think they're the people that can really make an impact and really yeah. help people yeah. um, but the ones where you see they start you know talking stocks they start saying this is where yeah. you need to go that's where the real trouble is but I think there is a place um, for you know people using social media platforms to, yeah. to provide education yeah absolutely. Um, over product yeah agree completely and uh, there's actually you know it's not a case of um all you know all financial related commentary online is bad because uh there's actually some you know I, i've seen some pages where i've thought okay yeah this is this is all general advice uh, this is all kind of above board but it's actually you know most of it's actually pretty beneficial uh, stuff to know. So, you know, I think it, it gets a bit uh, grey and, uh, and you know, there's some legal issues involved when you're actually talking about specific products um, and, and, you know, making recommendations around products. 
Um, but yeah, there's there's certain styles of investing um, and certain kind of budgeting tips and cash flow uh, tips and um, personal kind of stories that people share online. Um, that's generally kind of on the on the okay side. And yep. then when people get into product and buy this and buy that and rocket emojis, that's the that's where it gets dangerous. Well, I found another. We we're talking platforms here and, and people racing and and what's you know I guess the millennials are the people that are using um, the social media apps. Um, you know, I guess our generation, my generation. Are you even, are you in the millennials? No, you you uh, outside. No, right? just out. Yeah, okay. So, but you know, what I found interesting, this statistic here from YouGov, is that fifty eight percent of all platforms are millennials. So yeah, you can see other generations are using those. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, and you know, the thing with a lot of those platforms is um, when these, you know, when quantitative easing was was happening throughout you know us and even australia and in in 2020 and and beyond you know all this money that flooded onto those platforms their revenues obviously increased massively uh the investors portfolios have dropped but you know they're sitting on large amounts of cash that's what affords them obviously all the sponsorship and the acquisitions and the growth so you know they've they've got uh you know a a one-year spike in revenue um, which you know, if they've if they're well run, they're holding on to a lot of that cash as well. So um, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for them to for them to grow as well going forward. But um, they're not, you know, they obviously with less trading this year um, than last year. There's they're going to be they're going to have a drop in revenue, but um, they're still you know the, the size of these crypto trading platforms has grown significantly over the last twelve months. So Vaughan, I guess in closing, um, what do you see in this space over the next period of time? Oh, look, I think I think it will grow as a space. Um, I think it'll grow in quality uh, more so than quantity. I think the uh, you know the and you see YouTubers even I used to watch some um, YouTube uh, kind of financial. I guess they weren't really financial advice, but they were kind of financial. Uh, you know. Top five stocks to watch this month uh, yeah. on the ASX, those kind of things, and a lot of them have, uh, you know, even the content creators have said, you know, it's uh, it's getting too stressful and grey as, as to what's legal, so I'm closing it down. So, yeah. you know, I think the good ones and the ones that kind of stay very general uh, will prevail, um, and I think the demand for online, um, you know, services in terms of you know general online advice is still going to stay. You know, people aren't going to stop, uh, you know, using their phones and and mo- I mean even in here a lot of our advice is is uh, provided over Microsoft Teams anyway. So you yep. know the the use of um, technology and, and online resources to to uh, seek and provide services isn't going to die. But I think uh, there's going to be a narrower field to choose from going forward. That, that's what I expect. What about you? I'm the same. I think I think you know ASIC is coming down on it, and we've seen I guess you know the Kim Kardashian fines probably one where they've been able to go to market and say, look, this needs to be pulled back. Yeah, it's a um, bit of an example, mate. Yeah, and it's using sort of the the largest influencer in the world almost to say, hey, this is an example of what you can't do. Because um, yeah, I don't think we mentioned it was a 1.5 million dollar fine. Yeah, um, as well as the 250 grand US being uh, handed back as well. So it's a, d- a decent whack. Yeah, um, not maybe not so much for Kim herself, yeah. but you know, it's still. Uh, it's headline worthy. Yeah, and so I think people are now going to be. And look, the ASICs released, you know, their findings. They're pushing harder to make sort of more rules around it. Um, so I think it's going to tighten up. But I do think there is a space. And, and as I said, I, I hope the people that provide that general advice, the the, the tips, the the tricks to to make people learn money better, they're the ones yep. that I hope really shine. Yep. Um, 
you know, these, yeah, watching these best stocks and all that sort of stuff, I hope that dies out because I, I don't think it has a great place. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if, if it's used for a space of teaching people about value investing or growth investing and, and little tricks like that yeah. and people can get more educated around money, then I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, but I am happy that, you know, there's, there's certain words that we aren't allowed to use um, because of our licensing regime, you yeah. know, and, and they can, you know, go out and blast certain yeah. things. So, you yeah. know, I do hope it's brought in line as to the rules we're following, um, mm-hmm. but, I, but I do hope that education continues throughout um, generations yeah. around finance. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Love it, Vaughan. Thanks very much, mate. Thanks, Jamie. Coffin Bond Podcast is a product from Coffin Bond & Co, which we are an authorised representative of Gown Financial. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of the Coffin Bond Podcast are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decision, you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from the podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Kofkin Bond website, or you can find resources on the ASIC website and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Kofkin Bond and Co. and the hosts of the Kofkin Bond podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of the country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.